It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is a beautiful Buckhead Day today, and we're out here looking at this billion-dollar view again to one of the finest communities in the world at the crossroads, at the crossroads here off Peachtree down on Lenox Road, and we got Rich Casanova on the on the uh, boards today. got Michael Moore here on behalf of the Buckhead Business Association, and we're proud to be part of the Buckhead community and uh, making business grow a little bit faster and do a bit better. If you live here, you love it here, or you work here, we're glad to have you as part of our community. This morning we've got two phenomenal guests. We've got... Uh, Matthew Moore, who is not my cousin, but we'll, we may adopt him. And we've also got Tom Berger. We're going to talk, talk about some interesting things. And the common theme that we'll wrap up with the end of this show is that we're all paying it forward. We're all looking for ways to improve the community we live in. And, and we're pretty well doing the, uh, the whole Atlanta metropolitan area. Tom's got a very interesting background, and Matthew's got a very interesting program. We're going to share how people are involved with the community and how to do things with the Buckhead Business Association. Rich probably says we're at our 65th year this year wrapping it up. And, boy, that's probably a lot of history in, in, in business. And business is the middle name there, the Buckhead Business Association, as well as uh, Pro Business Channel brings you this effort each week to bring some quality guests to the thing. So let's just jump right into the show with uh, Tom Berger. Uh, RDK Consulting, I don't know what all those fancy initials stand for, but really, Tom, your story is the important one. 22 years in real business, like a big company, unfortunately, and then 23 years of doing what you enjoy most, which is helping others. So categorize a little bit of how that, uh, I think your Motorola background is going to be very interesting to these folks because you are the fellow who invented cell phones, right? Oh, not quite. (laughs) Well, you've got some interesting history, but you're bringing those now to the marketplace. And one of the things we're going to focus on is is the the pay it forward piece of what you've given to entrepreneurs in the market. We're going to talk about some of those signs, but... Talk a little bit about how uh, someone at your tender young age of over 39 have, uh, have, have bringing all these experiences to the marketplace, and we're so glad to have you here in Atlanta. So uh, talk a little bit about your transition into uh, not only entrepreneurship but in, in running a venture capital organization. And maybe give us that three- to five-minute overview of, of Tom Berger as he's moved through life. Okay. Thanks. First, it's a pleasure to be here today. Um, to begin with, I'm an engineer, uh, bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering. Uh, that was about a thousand years ago. And uh, <laughs> I spent 22 years in big companies, 17 years at Motorola in a variety of positions from engineering to uh, marketing, sales, uh, product development, and so forth. Um, got involved with a joint venture between Motorola and IBM. And uh, uh, then uh, after that, I got involved with the venture capital industry and, and uh, ran a total of seven different startups over the years. Some were very successful, some not so successful. <laughs> Well, I do understand the positive number was there. After all the settlements were made, you, you have numbers and zeros that go along with your commas, right? Well, yeah. It was uh, about $265 million in, uh, the companies were sold for over time. So, uh, uh, unfortunately, I only got a very, very, very little sp- uh, a, sl- a sliver. Yeah. You know, I see oh, 1% of a whole bunch of efforts. Right, good yeah. thing. Okay. Well, the interesting thing, though, is when I left Motorola and was in uh, my first startup, I started noticing the difference between big companies and little companies, and I started jotting down notes. And um, that notes kept growing and growing to the point it uh, reached 983 different items. Subjects, wow. Uh, some were very trivial uh, about uh, posting um, uh, org charts on a wall with pictures, something as simple as that, something much more profound. Many of them were based upon the mistakes I've made over the years. 
<laughs> and um, eight years ago, I retired and decided um, uh, to start helping companies on a pro bono basis, entrepreneurs and startups. And uh, based upon uh, those 983 uh, items, and my goal was to help them make new mistakes, not the same ones I made over the years. And um, uh, so I've been working with uh, probably, well, in excess of 40 companies and certainly that many entrepreneurs uh, over the years. And uh, as I said, just helping them uh, on various aspects of the business. I know your diversity at Motorola has certainly allowed you to come into the marketplace here. We bump into each other at some of the entrepreneurial events I'm involved with. But, you know, you, you're counseling and helping a lot of entrepreneurs, as you said, make, hopefully make some new mistakes. But you've seen a lot of the things that are going on here in the Atlanta market. And I know you've left the venture capital arena, but talk about what, 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 what entrepreneurs really need in order to be a little more successful. And, uh, and we'll talk late, later about your new website, which you're giving to the community, but talk about some of those specific things. Sure. I, I think the, one of the biggest mistakes most entrepreneurs um, make is they really think about what they need is money to grow their business. Money is not the limiting factor. The limiting factor for them, their success, is the time, how they spend their time. And I see so many of them are spending time on things that are not that important to their core business. And so, uh, for example, an entrepreneur will spend time develop, learning how to and develop their own website. And you can get <laughs> other people to do that. Uh, they'll spend time learning how to uh, run QuickBooks when there's many people that can do that. So it's the lack of uh, focus on time. And the most fundamental issue is one question they have to answer. And that's they are solving a problem that customers agree needs to be solved now and are willing to pay them for it. And not understanding that there's a lot of people that have great ideas and they are solving a problem, but it's a problem that never kind of makes it to the top of the list. Uh, one example I use is anytime I walk into a big box store, like a Best Buy, I walk up and down every aisle and I see something in every aisle that I'd like to buy. But typically I walk out of the store with nothing. It's not that the products aren't right, they just haven't reach that threshold. So a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize that although what they're doing is key in their minds, it's not that important to other customers. So fundamentally solving a problem that customers agree needs to be solved is what they need to focus on. So I hear a little bit about this theory of not only a, a niche market, but also the ability to, to uh, market. As you said, at Motorola, I'm certainly the brand. Brand's always important. So how do entrepreneurs in our marketplace today begin to get uh, a team together because you, you, you hit it well. well. There's a lot of good QuickBooks operators and a lot of good website developers. You know, one of the things, navigating the right resources is very difficult. I know when you're mentoring, you probably do a lot of uh, hand-holding as well as uh, grab them by both ears and point them in the right direction. Is that how you do it? Well, uh, I've tried to be a little more subtle than that, <laughs> but sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, we'll talk about uh, my website later, but uh, I use a lot of catchy titles to get people's attention and on this particular issue. The one I say is a CEO means chief everything officer. <laughs> and when an entrepreneur starts out, they've got to do everything. But then the real challenge that they face is figuring out what they can delegate to others and hiring other people. One of the mistakes they commonly make, uh, entrepreneurs make, is they hire somebody just like them. Mm -hmm. And what they should be doing is hiring somebody who's totally their opposite. And that way uh, you can just share the responsibilities and, and uh, uh, learn uh, uh, let each each person uh, carry the ball, and then add the uh, add people to the organization as required. The the what to do, not necessarily how to do it individually. They need they need 
helping there. That's right, exactly right. So, you know, the old story of chief everything officer, that, that all comes back to just how do you grow? You, you mentioned money's not the thing. Time is the thing. So how do you, how do you get an entrepreneur to look at time multiplication in their business? Okay, um, it's really force multiplication, but uh, let me go back a step. Uh, we often hear in real estate the three most important things are location, <laughs> location, location. Uh, for companies, the three most important things are revenue, revenue, and revenue, but they're different. And this is a big mistake a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs make. The first part of revenue that they need is referenceable revenue, external validation. What they have to realize, it's not what they say about their company, it's what other people do. And so focusing on uh, getting referenceable revenue is the first thing. The second thing is scalable revenue. Can more than just the entrepreneur do it? And then third and finally, it's profitable revenue. <laughs> and what happens is so many entrepreneurs think about they've got to be profitable on day one. And the reality is without that external validation, they can't do it. Without being able to scale, profitability will never come. Then it's profitability later on. So understanding those three steps are very, very critical. And unfortunately, missed quite a bit by entrepreneurs. Well, as we see an entrepreneur, you know, that come to mind, having a product which the market needs and having the ability to deliver it effectively means you don't really have to build it yourself. And so many people look past this idea of being a distributor or finding a new niche market for an existing product. So I know some of your, uh, some of your current consulting engagements with entrepreneurs are even looking around some, some simple things as delivering healthcare solutions, which are already there. It's just delivering them effectively and using technology and data to make it cost effective. So right. look at some of those ideas. Uh, yeah, well, uh, give you one example. In 1999, I sold a company in, in Memphis, and people asked me what I was going to do. And I said, well, I'm either going to retire or find a company that's got a crackerjack distribution organization and find a product for them to sell. The, it's all about distribution. When you cut to the chase, it's how you get your product or your service in customers' hands. And so distribution is the key element. So what I recommend to every entrepreneur is figure out what your long-term distribution strategy is. And building a national sales organization just is not one of the viable <laughs> alternatives. Uh, or, you know, uh, or just uh, trying to uh, service on a national basis. Uh, I say follow an epicenter model. For example, I if you can't find customers here in Atlanta, I'm not sure you've got a product. <laughs> okay, but I see I see entrepreneurs. They say if the customer can fog a mirror in Idaho, I'm going to go after them. Yeah, not so not going to work very no, well. No, you're so right. so you, you start out here and then gradually move out way all the way out to uh, uh, Chattanooga. Well, but like you, so like <laughs> like you said, you you, you you get referenceable revenue. You get customers who are really paying you money, not just funny money. Uh, you've got to be able to scale, and then of course you've got to make sure you're profitable. And somehow you have to balance those things. Now, as you said, you're trying to help people make new mistakes mm -hmm. by learning what you've learned. So let's talk a little bit about this website. I, I understand you are releasing your website or have currently released it, and you've got well more than 10 articles and less than 1,000. So talk about this, this time. You've spent a number of years categorizing all these experiences, and you've spent a lot of uh, probably time honing these uh, answers. So talk a little bit about what you've given the community with your CXO Atlas product. Sure. Uh, that's the site. It's cxo-atlas.com. And uh, it really started taking these 983 articles. And what I did in 2004, I started writing. And I wrote four chapters. There were 92 pages, I think. And I finished it, and it dawned on me, even back then, people don't read. 
<laughs> and so I put it aside, and uh, in uh, January 2015, almost three years ago, I started writing short articles. These articles are about a page and a half each, uh, 800 words is a typical average, and each article covers a very, very specific single subject. One of those 983 items, but you're down right. to 500 now, right? Well, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> so far, I've written uh, 492 articles wow. and put them on the site. They're in nine volumes and uh, uh, 36 chapters. Uh, I'm not done yet. I still have a, uh, more, more to do, so it's a living document. But what it is is uh, you can sort in, uh, uh, them various ways. You can read any article in any order. You don't have to start at the beginning of the volume, chapter, uh, section you could just read them they're all standalone so the index is your key <laughs> it, right exactly right the yeah, chapter so, verses right. Uh, chapter verse and uh, and, and comma right. some paragraph i've read a couple of these and you're right they are they're so complete uh, you know you just if you only read one or two of them you're going to get a whole new bunch of volumes of knowledge if you sat down and absorb them so uh, tom i know that's a labor of love for you and as, as you you're working with currently 10 or 12 companies as a as a as in pro bono consulting with entrepreneurs you have one of those favorites right now you'll share with us? Um, there's uh, a number. Boy, that's hard to pick <laughs> out. Uh, the, the one that I'm really excited about is uh, one, basically, it saves lives. Um, uh, the company uh, called, is called Hangenics, and they have a, a hand-washing uh, solution or hand-hygienic solution for hospitals. Uh, people don't realize it, but uh, uh, I think it's 200,000 people a year die from hospital uh, acquired infections right. and it all has to do with not washing their hands properly or the, the staff not washing their hands properly so they have a very unique solution based on some very unique technology and uh, this one is really exciting because fundamentally well, it, it saves, saves lives. lives well i know you save lives on an individual basis too i had the opportunity to speak to one of your pro bono clients uh, regarding executive coaching and just really quantifying what they were trying to do looking at how they might accomplish it and helping them step through and listen to the answers so I can speak first-handedly from watching you work with someone and having a great result. So I know you're proud, very proud of that. Well, Tom, how do they get in touch with you out there in the marketplace? Uh, okay, uh, really the best thing to do is take a look at the CXO-Atlas website. And um, there I've got contact information. They can also reach me at uh, uh, Tom at RDK Consulting. And to answer your question, beginning RDK stands for my three children's names, Ray, Dan, and Kathy. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I know you also were going to talk in the sec second, path, second half here a little bit about paying it forward. You actually pay it forward. I understand you're a member of the CEO NetWeavers organization. I know that they're doing a lot of things, and that's, of course, have opened a lot of doors up to you. So we're proud of your uh, your give back in the community. So thank you very much for that. Quite so welcome. thank you, Tom, for being with us. We're going to take just a little bit of a thing and go back here to the Buckhead Business Association. We just had a great to social which we have every month on the third Wednesday, uh, third Thursday of each month, one of our Buckhead uh, spots. Uh, of course, every week we have a, uh, a morning meeting, which is uh, brings a speaker. I often tell people, if you want to learn something new that you can talk about in the marketplace, come to our Thursday morning meetings, meet some good folks, and hear a good speaker. This morning, uh, you know, we've gone through a lot of special folks. And I do want to mention we have a annual luncheon coming up in January, and we just confirmed the uh, president of uh, – Porsche North America will be with us uh, for that event, which will be in January. It will be held right here in the Intercontinental Hotel. So, as we say, save the date. Look at the website, buckheadbusiness.org, and plan on being with us with a lot of your other personal friends here in Atlanta. So now let's move over to our second guest this morning, uh, Matthew Moore, which is uh, you have a very interesting process, and you go by the little mantra of pay it forward. Your organization is doing some true pay it forward to help school children and youth in the, in our city be more appropriately attired to go do sports. So 
Talk about how you how you and your wife got started there, and tell us a little bit of your background, and we'll dive into some good questions. Sure. Thanks for having me. First off, this is great. Um, so much like Tom, um, spent the majority of my career in corporate America, um, not with any companies the size of Motorola, but um, certainly multi-billion-dollar companies. Um, so I have a lot of experience in supply chain strategy and fi finance, primarily my background. Um, a couple years ago, we decided that we wanted to do something outside of just the traditional day-to-day uh, you know, work that we were, were doing, and um, this comes from um, growing up in Lincoln, Nebraska, where um, I had the privilege of um, being basically adopted by a family out there that um, took me into their family um, when I didn't have, um, you know, a place to live, and so um, that was something that, you know, I experienced at an early age and realized that, you know, probably down the road I would like to do something to give back. Um, she was a school teacher, and uh, after I left high school, she uh, moved to a different school with a little bit more underprivileged children and um, would, in many cases, bring clothes to the kids, buy clothes, gym clothes for the kids at the school, um, as well as cook breakfast for them and, and do a lot of nice things for them. So that was really where it was all born 20-plus uh, uh, years ago. Um, so we figured out a couple years ago we wanted to do something different. Um, I realized I love a really good, comfortable, um, eco-friendly shirt and <laughs> realized there wasn't a lot of those out in the marketplace. So, Tom, to your point, I realized that there was a, a little bit of a gap there. So we decided what if we come up with a great product, you know, with a great story, um, you know, how, w what else is out there that, who else out there is doing that? And we found that there wasn't very many people doing that besides the Toms and the Bombas. So we, uh, we launched Motion, spelled M-O-S-H-Y-N. Um, actually two or two weeks ago we formally launched, but we had been building up for the prior, I don't know, probably close to two years, uh, up to the launch. And, and basically it's very simple. So you buy an article of clothing from us and a child, uh, starting out here in the Atlanta area gets a full gym outfit. So wow, that's, that's like, that's better than one for one. That's a three for, three one, for one. I think it's one of your, one of your mantras. Shorts, shirt, and socks. Hush, all right, ready to go. Yep. And so, yeah, there, here we are. And, um, so now we're trying to get the word out. And we've partnered with Children's Restoration Network here in Atlanta, who already has relationships with 130-plus homeless children in the area. Um, they're already doing amazing things. This is just an incredible organization that probably no one's heard about. So we're really, really fortunate to partner with them to uh, provide the outfits to the children. Well, back to our earlier point, so you went, you went back to your home area and, 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 wi and witnessed and saw and, and grew up with this process of, of understanding what the needs and the missing pieces are. You found a niche. And rather than just looking to a product to distribute, you decide you need to create the project. So right. you're making the eco-friendly shirts. Uh, are you also uh, going to be stretching like Spanx and go into the shorts and the socks so and all the other things? <laughs> <laughs> so on the side, we also, uh, my wife runs a yoga studio. I used to be part owner, um, but I'm not anymore. So we have a whole yoga community that we have access to that um, we're looking to probably um, start uh, apparel lines and that side of uh, That's some, certainly some live testing, right? That's so right. Now we can see all of our young young children starting to do yoga as a result because the clothes make the, make the make the workout right. right, is that right, the way right, it goes? right. <laughs> Stay out of shoes though. That could be that could be too many colors for you to work yep. with. Now the mechanics of of uh, of getting this into retail. I mean, it, it, and Tom, Tom's going to chime in here a little later, but just the mechanics of getting your product even in the in the specialty stores like a yoga studio to be sold, but into a, a big box or into a medium box or into that's a lot of effort. So you're eco-friendly shirts got to have some neat uh, features yes absolutely so we're starting with um, everything online so we don't have a retail presence as of yet 
um, there's not enough margin in the uh, financial model to support going through retail outlets yet. But once we get the unit cost down through you know better manufacturing right. and higher scale volume, um, we'll look at the retail options. But right now it's all online. So this is men's and women's yes. products? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in, the, in the Atlanta marketplace, let's just talk about marketing for a minute. You're yep. trying to get the word out, and you can't do it all through social media. You've got to, to feel the shirt. Kind of yes. hard to do on the scratch and sniff computer, right? Right, right, right. No, I'll be interested to hear from Tom later on um, if we if we get into it. Um, just the influence of or the the, the I increase in influencer marketing and social media marketing. So we're trying to identify folks that we think have a lot of folks that listen to them, and get our shirts to them. We believe we have the best shirt out there, and we believe that we have the best story attached to it. So then it's just a matter of getting shirts in the hands of the people that can influence others. So that's been a big focus of ours. And Tom, to your point earlier about not trying to do everything ourselves, we, we did <laughs> finally engage with a PR uh, marketing firm to do the things that we just didn't know what we well were doing. Well, I, I think that's why you're here on the show today, that's right? right. <laughs> <laughs> they said, I think we ought to get your word out there. Well, we, we believe that we're going to help you broadcast your brand. So I think Good. today you're going to be in our studio and you're going to have the benefit of talking to a lot of folks and a, and a lot of extra ears. But, you know, let's do go back to that process in our city. And you're in a, you're in a microcosm here of a lot of different folks. Uh, where have you seen some successes in, in reaching the marketplace uh, today? As far as the uh, consumers that would buy our shirts? Right, the consumers that are currently your customers and hopefully your brand ambassadors and your uh, yeah, raving fans. How right, about that? Right, raving right, fans. Right. No, I, I definitely subscribe to the belief that we got to find 10 people that really, really love our product and not friends and family that go out and tell everybody about it. So really, it's been across the board age-wise. Um, it's, it, it's people that want a product that has a story attached to it. So, you know, the, 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 the question we always ask is, what does your shirt say? It's not just what it says on the, you know, on the, on, the, on the front of it. It's, you know, what does the shirt mean? And those are the people that have been early adopters with our product are, are those that enjoy a product with the story behind it. So when you're able to educate them, now, of course, you have to have a website to do that, and you have to have a social media presence. So those are things you're working on. So I think I saw one of your says uh, the, the graphics also are very popular now in shirts because you're, you're either leading or following someone in a cool shirt in front right. of you, no matter what you're doing. Yep. Uh, I, I was in a race one time. I guess I wouldn't call it a race for me, but I was in a 13.1 mile something, and uh, about six – uh, shirts passed me, and, and these girls were headed in for me because all of them said, you've just been passed by a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they were in the same running club. Right. And uh, that, that'll surely change your mentality as you're running right, down right, there. Right, give right. You a little, but, uh, you know, next month we'll have the, you've been passed by an old guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start that shirt. Can so you do to, that the, for me? to the point, we put, we put logos on the back of the racerback tank tops, okay. the, the, the women's tank tops, and we have our logo on the back so people can see them. So what's, what's, what's the eco-friendly part of the special eco-processor? How did you get to that part? That was probably the part that took the longest. Um, you know, there's cost implications of eco-friendliness, oh, and um, we decided that we wanted a higher-end product with the story that we understood start to finish, and we're willing to pay a little bit more for that. So um, we had boxes and boxes of shirts that we purchased from all over the world, and we landed on actually a company that's uh, located here in Georgia, oh. um, surprisingly. Um, but yes, so they um, they are shirts. Uh, our shirts are either per are made here in the U.S. or they're made at RAP certified factories uh, around the world. And this is a, a nonprofit third party that goes around and makes sure that working conditions are fine, no child labor laws are being broken, um, people are being paid well, and it's a certification that they're given. Um, so that's 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 our you know eco friendly stamp that we want to make sure that we have. So. Okay. Well, I'm interested to see. I think by, by at this point in time, maybe we'll walk. We'll take a little turn here. Tom, you up for some good consulting this morning? 
sure. you've heard some of this story. One of the things I want to share about the story of uh, Tom is uh, I've, I've heard the story about you. You have you have two. You're, we talked a little bit earlier before the show. You're into hunting a little bit, but you have another special story. You have a pair of golden retrievers with pretty unique names. Want to share that with us? Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> my two golden retrievers are named Smith and Wesson. And, uh, <laughs> now, they uh, make personal appearances, I understand, throughout the, your home county up there, and you've got a pretty good number there. You're a numbers guy. You really produce some results. Uh, well, yeah. They, uh, the, the name is actually the totally opposite of what they do. Uh, Smith and Wesson are therapy dogs. And so every Friday, this is what we do all day Friday, we go to four different schools in uh, Forsyth County, and we spend time with special needs kids in uh, different classes. So uh, uh, the boys, as I refer to them, uh, come in, and the kids lay on them, pull their faces, pull their ears, and uh, uh, sit on them and do everything else, and uh, you can imagine. And uh, the dogs just stay there and just love it. And uh, We've been doing it for six years, and we've made uh, 384 school visits. Wow. We see about 40 to 50 kid, kids. Uh, uh, <laughs> we see about 40 to 50 kids, uh, uh, you know, Friday. And uh, we have a raging argument amongst the, uh, the teachers and, and myself. Uh, who enjoys it more, the dogs, myself the teachers of the kids and so <laughs> so we've come to the conclusion we're four for four so i was going to say do you get more than one vote every week yeah. or do you just <laughs> get only get one vote per week right yeah. well tom thank you for that I'm, and i wanted to bring that back because it was tenacity and i wanted to start out with that uh scalability process you can't duplicate that but you can continue to deliver it and over 384 visits over six years 50 children a week that's a whole lot of dog licks <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it really is. And my one do dog is a, a real kisser. So, <laughs> All right. so let's switch, switch back to you know, put on your consulting hat here. And, uh, and Matthew, uh, if you had one challenge in your business today that you wanted Tom to help us drill down on, let's think about that challenge you have this week with your, uh, your co-CEO there, your spouse. And remember, Tom is pro bono, right? Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is pro bono today. Um, so I think our biggest challenge right now is to figure out who are the – best influencers to get our product to and get our story to um there's a whole host of social media strategies out there that we're looking at and testing but you know how do we get we we believe in our story we believe in our product but how do we get to the right people that can be ambassadors for us okay uh first i want to make two qualifications uh <laughs> this is pro bono and so you're getting what you pay for okay <laughs> oh double I'm double yeah. uh the second thing is what i tell everybody that i work with i said listen to everything i say but you certainly shouldn't do everything I tell you to do. Okay, okay so uh, I, I, I think rather than 10, uh, your ambassadors should be in the hundreds. And I think it's all about social media, about what you do. Um, uh, I, I'm fortunate enough now, I have time uh, that I can pay it forward. Uh, but there are so many people now that are very, very busy with their careers, especially um, we always blind the m millennials, you know. Uh, but there's lots of good-hearted people there that when they hear your story, and it's really not only what you're doing in terms of giving back, but why you're doing this. The story is important, but why you're doing this and, and uh, uh, getting people to understand that. And today in, in the, uh, in the uh, clothing space, there's so many competitors, as you well know. Mm -hmm. You don't want to compete directly with any of those people. You want people to buy your product because of what you're doing for them. And so I think it's really a social media uh, play to getting the influencers, but I think getting the message out to people to help you spread the word. I think that's the really key thing. 
Now, one thing I, I will tell you that uh, if there's one area that I'm uh, probably uh, uh, least qualified to talk about social media and marketing. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping so. you wouldn't take Tom down that road, but you know, let, let's focus back on the image piece because he did outline. He he, he took your number and it's a 10x thing. You you mentioned 10, he mentioned 100. Uh, mm -hmm. You're talking about the image of the of the youth who are not in the best position to put the best foot forward, and there's a subconscious process there. So the result of your paying it forward, uh, all, those children aren't going to be the real ambassadors for you it is the people who buy your first shirts that's right but the people who buy your first shirts should certainly understand the connection to what the result is and we and you you said earlier that you made the example of tom's shoes mm -hmm. i mean when people think about you know buying their new tennis shoes and those are going to wind up being new tennis shoes for somebody else who would never have a pair of tennis shoes potentially i think that's a strength so uh yeah well if yeah. i could make one other yeah. comment um uh, I don't know if you do this now, but any clothing you uh, sell, there should be a little, uh, a couple of little cards. It said, thank you, this is what you have done. And then uh, let people see what they have done. So it's about them, not you. And I say a couple cards and then give it, ask them, say, if, if uh, some of the effect that, uh, give this to some of your friends and let them know what you are doing. Okay. And so, so make it very personal, not about you, but about them. And so their gift and what it's done. Uh, if, if I can't just make one of the comments, I've been dumbfounded. I'm working with uh, um, a lady, uh, Tina Williford, if the name mm -hmm. sounds familiar, you know yes, Scott I from Bruce, and she's formed the Table on Delk. It's a um, organization in Marietta that's a helping uh, in human trafficking. And it's dumbfounding the problem we're having here in Atlanta that where, where we could really help so many organizations. And that's one. I mean, it's a three hundred million dollar business in Atlanta mm -hmm. alone. alone. So there's so many of us here that can or want to help, but don't know how. And uh, Matthew, I think what you're doing is a just a fabulous way of letting people, individuals, help. Yeah, and, you know, I think our core belief in all this is: what if we begin to? You know, we're not going to solve homelessness. We get that right. Mm -hmm. But what if we begin to level the playing field for these three thousand plus kids starting here in Atlanta through giving them resources they don't have today? Right. And, and and just to clarify, in the 10 versus 100, we, we want to start with 10. Sure. We're not going to stop there. But oh, we're well, get 10. It's 10 a multiplier yeah, effect. Right. My point was yeah. uh, you, you sort of have different segments. And, and that's, but you do have one feature that I did, we didn't mention, didn't talk about. You, you actually provide something for the youth who are recipients to pay it forward immediately. So talk a yeah. little bit about that special feature you use. Yeah, absolutely. This is a key component that we – Key component. I like that word. Right, right. No <laughs> pun. Um, it, this one took us a while to figure out, too, is how can we not just – have it be a handout but have it be a message and have it be something that empowers them you know a little bit more than just being more confident when they're um, um, in gym class so we're every child that gets a gym outfit will get a pendant it's a key um, that they will have to give to somebody that's had a positive impact in their life so a lot of these kids don't have a chance to give gifts to others mm -hmm. and so this is our chance to give them something they can give to somebody that's had a positive impact in their life well, Rich, I think it's been a great show. We've gotten all the process done. We've got the two great stories about paying it for. We've got the ability to have a long-term impact upon uh, new CEOs around. Matthew, last piece, how do they get in touch with you if they haven't uh, picked it up already? Sure, absolutely. So www.motionwear.com, and motion is spelled M-O-S-H-Y-N, or you can contact me directly at Matthew with one T uh, <laughs> at motionwear.com. And, of course, you can go right to the PBC website and listen to the rest of this broadcast and maybe grab that. And also there's some information about our individual guests and today, and, and certainly these stories are very much worth following. I'm looking forward to, Tom, maybe maybe 
a thousand visits between Smith and Wesson uh, uh, very very soon. So you'll be out there for quite a while. I know you enjoy what you do every week, and you're very blessed to have the opportunity. Matthew, it's been a pleasure to have you. Please please give our best regards to your wife, the other half of the program that's, right. that's, that's making this thing happen. And uh, we will see you uh, again at the Buckhead Business Show. Uh, that comes up every week. So if you know people that need to be here or need to hear the story, please send them to probusinesschannel.com, and we will look forward to seeing you. I wonder if uh, Matthew with one T, I thought that was a typo, by the way, in your form. <laughs> but I wonder if you can uh, do T-shirts uh, for, for Smith & Wesson for the dogs or not. Yeah. We can do T-shirts. <laughs> you know, I'll set it just one more quick plug. We also do custom corporate uh, shirts. So if uh -huh. anybody's interested in um, getting shirts from us that have a story behind them and then probably more comfortable than ones you typically buy for your employees. Yeah, so, Talk Tom, do you have any connections with Motorola anymore? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, unfortunately. You know, you know yeah. that brings up an interesting point. We do have a great entrepreneurial community here in the city. There are no of events where uh, smaller companies are really looking at ways to brand and uniquely do themselves. So I certainly hope they will uh, avail themselves. Tom works with, at the Atlanta uh, Alpharetta Tech community, mm -hmm. and there's certainly 300 vendors there. We've got the Atlanta Tech Village here. So maybe you can find some raving fans in some of these existing startup uh, worlds. That'd be awesome. Let's those, talk. those people wear their stuff all the time, yeah. even on their skateboards. Right. So <laughs> it's been a pl pleasure to be with you here, Matthew and Tom. I look forward to seeing you out in the streets of Buckhead very soon. And thanks for being with us today on the Buckhead Business Show. I'm Michael Moore. It's been a pleasure to be your host today, and thank you for sharing your story here. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.